2: constantcontact.com.
3: This situation is not yet stabilized. We still have got the virus being transmitted in many parts of the world, and it's still this pattern of declining numbers and then picking up again with a rapid surge, and then declining and a rapid surge.
4: I have a PhD, and I can't even figure out now what the new travel restrictions are. The friends they have don't want to get five vaccines, but if the only way they can move around is to get five vaccines, they're in a weird ethical dilemma.
3: There's enormous disparity still in access to vaccines. 70% of the vaccines that have been administered to date have been administered in high-income countries. 2% have been administered in low-income countries. A donation of nearly expired vaccines is like a donation of stale bread.
5: Welcome to the
6: Global Goalscast, the podcast that shows how we can change the world. In this episode,
5: COVID chaos. Chaos, chaos, chaos. (laughs) (laughs) The pandemic is far from over and as it drags on even the well-intentioned efforts to keep us safe are producing unintended and sometimes downright crazy outcomes. And that includes travel rules that are prompting
6: some people to get four and even five doses of different vaccines. That is crazy. And of course, wasteful just when we need every dose we
5: can to go to someone who is not yet vaccinated. And of course, vaccine distribution is a second example of the COVID chaos,
6: chaos, chaos, chaos. chaos,
5: chaos. Despite all the promises and commitments, we still are not getting enough vaccine to where it's needed most. Which is why the Emergency Committee of the World
6: Health Organization has just warned that this pandemic is far from over. And to end it, we need to get our global act together. Where have we heard that before? We need much better coordination among countries and even within
5: different groups and jurisdictions within countries. We will have much more on all that right after this message.
7: This episode of Global Goalscast is brought to you by our listeners. That's right, listeners like you who care about the future. Please spread the word. Tell your friends about Global Goalscast. Hit the like and subscribe and give us five stars. Thanks also to CBS News Digital and Universal Production Music.
5: Welcome back. I'm Claudia Romo-Edelman. And I am
6: Edie Lash. Claudia, I feel like this pandemic is like Groundhog Day. We seem stuck in an endless pandemic.
5: And I understand why you and everybody can feel that way. The World Health Organization has this emergency committee to watch over how are we doing against COVID-19. And they met the other day and concluded, and I will quote what they said, analysis of the present situation and forecasting models indicate that the pandemic is far from finished. That is so not awesome. There was a second big point, Edie. They stressed that to end the pandemic requires a coordinated international response, which is what we have not had, right? Right. And you can say that again. We got an earful
6: from the health and medical professionals who gathered on our regular call of our friend
5: David Navarro. These calls are so valuable. My old boss, Dr. David Navarro, is the special envoy on COVID-19 for the World Health Organization. And he really brings together some amazing experts. Who aren't afraid to call out that COVID chaos. 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 Chaos.
6: Chaos. chaos, chaos. (laughs) One big topic at the latest briefing was the crazy quilt of travel rules. You've heard Rebecca Cantor on Global Goalscast before. She's an Mm -hmm. expert on nutrition and she's based in Chile. She tore back the curtain on how the disparity in travel rules around the world was causing some people to get vaccinated way more than they need in order just to comply.
4: I have a PhD and I can't even figure out now what the new travel restrictions are. To leave... Chilean airport, I need my Chilean mobility pass, which is based on my two doses of Sinovac. But the UK does not accept Sinovac as being a full vaccination course. So the only way I can enter the UK is through my US CDC vaccination card, because when Chile's borders finally opened up, I was able to travel back to the US for the first time in also many months and got two more rounds of vaccine, sort of as a why not, but not realizing how important that would now be for potential travel. I know other people here in Chile also with four vaccine doses. And Chile's now also saying that to keep your mobility pass active, if you're over age 55, you have to get a booster But what about my friends who are over 55 who have four vaccines, but two of them are from the U.S., so then they're not honored in the mobility pass. However, I know people who were able to get their mobility pass activated finally through antibody tests with their U.S. CDC card. So it's possible that for the booster edition, they'll also honor some sort of additional antibody test. If you're struggling to keep up, join the club. It is a mess. The friends I have don't want to get five vaccines, but if the only way they can move around is to get five vaccines, they're in a weird ethical dilemma. I know one person who has two doses of Cinevac, one dose of Pfizer as a booster, and then needs to travel to the UK because she's from the UK and her son's getting married and had to get the AstraZeneca because the UK won't honor one dose of Pfizer or two doses of Cinemac. So she just got 4, four x up as well. Of course, me and the other people I know are privileged sort of expat people, but I just see this playing out and it's a really weird travel game that I I can't even fathom how it came to this, but it's come to this.
5: David Navarro summed up why this chaos was more than just confusing and inconvenient.
3: So it's discriminating massively against poorer people, and it's giving enormous advantage to people who can work out how to game the system, some of whom, as you point out, will have five six or more vaccines by the end of this year to try to enable them to travel for work, for education, or for family reasons. Thank you, Rebecca, for just talking about it like it is. I have no solution. But it impels me to try to persuade the representatives of different governments to work together on this with greater urgency than is happening right now.
4: Please do, because I I see, honestly, two additional levels of discrimination. One is so many countries aren't accepting Cinevac, but if the WHO accepts Cinevac, then why are we discriminating against that pharmaceutical company or vaccine? And then secondly, why aren't other vaccine documents from other countries accepted? Like, why isn't the U.S. CDC card accepted here in Chile? Do they really think that, We forged the card. I I mean, I agree. It's it's better to be serious and and do the antibody tests just to make sure. But at the end of the day, as this plays out with travel, the U.S. didn't accept my Chilean mobility pass to leave the U.S. to fly back to Chile.
3: And there are many opportunities for rules to change at short notice. There's lots of different interpretations. Just to say... Sinovac and Sinopharm are approved by WHO. They are on the WHO emergency use list. And it remains a little bit of a surprise that so many countries and blocks are not accepting certificates with Sinovac and Sinopharm. Everybody, I'd just like to turn to John Atkinson.
6: John Atkinson is an expert on how systems work and don't work. And he's an advisor to Dr. Navarro.
3: Listening to Rebecca, crazy systems like this are almost inevitably not designed to be that way. They're the unintended consequences of really caring often and smart people, trying to do the right thing each time, layer upon layer upon layer, and the whole thing ends up in a complete mess. So th- we have to surface these contradictions and make them visible so people just see how crazy it is. Otherwise, they just keep carrying on.
6: That's really our theme this episode, chaos caused by good intentions.
5: And we do love to blame people, particularly politicians, Donald Trump, Boris Johnson, Bolsonaro. And they do deserve a lot of the blame they get, to
6: be sure. But just blaming them misses this larger point. Many things aren't working despite everyone's best intentions.
5: Vaccine distribution is certainly another area in chaos. Despite plenty of good intentions, as David Navarro described,
3: there's enormous disparity still in access to vaccines. 70% of the vaccines that have been administered to date have been administered in high-income countries. 2% have been administered in low-income countries. Already now, three times more doses have been given as boosters in high-income countries than are being offered as primary vaccination in low-income countries. We have this amazing scheme for moving vaccine to low-income countries, which has negotiated deals with vaccine manufacturers at a good cost for vaccines to go everywhere where they're needed. It's called COVAX. COVAX is not getting the supplies it needs in order to vaccinate the world's health workers in order to start moving vaccine into poor countries as well. And so a lot of effort now is going into trying to persuade the leaders of rich countries to agree to defer receiving vaccines from the manufacturers for, say, two months, in order that the newly new manufactured vaccines could go straight to GoVax and could go to poor countries. We'd prefer that system rather than donations. The trouble with donations is they are often donations of stock that has already been in storage in wealthy countries for some time. The disadvantage then is that the vaccines may be close to their expiry date. A donation of nearly expired vaccines is like a donation of stale bread. Yes, you might try to eat it. But it's an incredibly difficult thing to cope with, because you have to eat it straight away. And the same with these nearly expired vaccines. They have to be used straight away, and that can be a real problem, especially with some of the vaccines that need to be kept very cold, like Pfizer and also like Moderna. So there's a serious effort to persuade wealthy nations yet again that they can afford to delay receiving vaccines. They can afford to go a bit slow on any program to vaccinate children. They can afford to go a bit slower on booster vaccinations for their adults. And they can instead allow some millions of doses to go to poor countries so that they can just provide the very basic level of vaccination. It's still thought to be A political choice that's too difficult for the leaders of many rich countries. But in discussions this week, it looks as though there's the beginnings of some movement. uh, And that is great. The
6: leaders of the G20, the club of major economies, agreed that 70% of the world should be vaccinated by the middle of next year which is to say poor countries should reach the level of vaccination rich countries have now. So the pandemic runs on, and Dr. Nabarro used a graph to update us on the continuing fight.
3: The graph shows that there have been some definite periods when the numbers of cases have been higher, and then there have been periods when the numbers of cases have been lower, higher and then lower. Now, if you look at it overall, it's not really presenting in distinct waves, but there is most definitely a a variability in the numbers of cases, and it's not exactly seasonal. The situation is not yet stabilized. We still have got the virus being transmitted in many parts of the world, and it's still this pattern of declining numbers and then picking up again with a rapid surge and then declining and a rapid surge. And the size of the surge will be diminished if there's a high coverage of people with vaccination. But it's not a guarantee
6: it's unsettling how much work the world still has to do to bring this pandemic under control. I think
5: that the sad thing is that both COVID and climate change are systemic and are here to stay. And we're having evidence that we have an inavailability to get our act together, to organize. That call for international coordination is not gonna happen, is it? And it feels like the response
6: from COVID was everyone looked back into themselves, worried about supply chains, worrying about getting their own countries together with their own populations, which, as we've discussed before, is an entirely understandable. You want to look after your own people. The problem is that we can't roll back the globalization that we've already seen, and you can't solve a
5: problem that crosses borders by working on your own. It's even worse because even if we stop globalization, climate change is global. <laughs> you know, like There's no way that you can say, like, OK, from the border, everything will be green here, and the air mm-hmm. will not be polluted, and the seas will not, you know, like, it's not. Possible to control it even with artificial borders. Like the pandemic is really tough. You can actually start considering that your vaccination distribution can protect your people. But if 2% of the poor countries of the world have received vaccination, it's inevitable that this pandemic will continue. So, this is very disheartening in a way that is happening, you know, like what, what just happened with climate change, which means that COVID 19 is far from over. Mm. I also do
6: worry about that point that Rebecca mentioned about vaccine passports. It's interesting when you remember that actually passports didn't even exist before the First World War. And it took years to get the League of Nations involved, to get countries to introduce these kind of passports. Now, here we are a hundred years later and everyone gets what a passport is for. I think we're seeing
5: a real change in what people will have to do in order to travel. I I have to tell you, I'm fine with that. Like, look, in all disclosure, I have three vaccines. I could go and get a, a fourth one just to be on the safe side and so on. But I do want to make sure that, you know, like we just don't... Go and go crazy on the travel again. I think it feels that like everybody's going back to everything that we said and we were not gonna go back to. So I just don't wanna have five days full week in an office and everybody traveling as much. So I'm happy to have at least <laughs> some restrictions. So
6: one thing I wanted to ask, Claudio was whether you had had any experience in the Global Fund
5: about what it took to wake people up. So in the 80s, vaccines were taken from 20 percent of populations that were getting vaccines to 80s and the high 80s. And that was because it was a coordinated effort by under a number of agencies, like organizations like UNICEF and others, with governments saying we have to do it. And in some countries, you do it by building trust through a religious leaders in some others through teachers, in some others through door-to-door posters, whatever mm-hmm. it takes. And what is happening right now is that that also is stagnating because the fear of COVID, it was so messy in the implementation for so many people. The chip that Bill Gates is putting in your mm-hmm. soul that is going to spy you and so on. Those fears are taking the overall vaccination uh, not only through COVID but others down and that keeps on going I thought it was going to stop but so we're really mid 80% right now in overall across the world and in a place like Rwanda where you already had like 93% of the population had access to vaccinations probably is affecting them too so overall I think that with Global Fund, Gavi, the organization uh, that is like the Global Alliance for Vaccines, overall is suffering uh, more than any other they're in trying to invest their money not on AIDS, not in tuberculosis, not in malaria, but on education overall, going back to the basis. Edie, tomorrow, by the time we launch this podcast and make it available for the world, you are going to be in Glasgow witnessing how COP26 unfolds and how decision-makers will have a chance of their life to take us out of this chaos And bring some order to the world. So, Edie, deliver a good message for those leaders. Global
6: Goalscast will be there in Glasgow for COP26.
5: Edie, good luck in Glasgow. Thank you. And everybody, listen to Global Goalscast, where we're going to be bringing you the news from Glasgow. So subscribe, follow, rate us, give us thumbs up and everything you need because Edie Lush will be in Glasgow covering up for Global Ghostcast.
6: A special thank you to David Nabarro, Catherine DeLand and Miriam Leal from 4SD and all the contributors to this week's briefing. Thanks to our audience for listening and please subscribe, share and like wherever you
5: find us. See you next time. Adios. Adios. Hasta luego. Good luck in Glasgow. Thank you. Please go fix them. (laughs)
7: Global Goalscast was hosted by Edie Lush and Claudia Romo-Edelman. We are editorial guru by Mike Oreskes. Editing and sound production by Simon James. Our operations director is Michelle Cooperwriter. Music in this episode was courtesy of Universal Production Music, one of the world's leading production music companies, creating and licensing music for film, television, advertising, broadcast, and other media, including podcasts. Original music by Neil Hale, Angelica Garcia, Simon James, Katie Crone, and Andrew Phillips. Thanks also to CBS News Digital.
0: Go to Shopify.com slash Sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Sonoro.